It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light. Logan Couture wins it in overtime. Now, here's your host, Ted Ramey. Eight seconds to go. One last chance for the Sharks in the neutral zone. It's Barabanov to Meyer. He tries to throw it to the net. Barabanov knocks it down, shoots. He scores. With time expired, Alexander Barabanov ties the game 4-4. It looked like the Sharks were out of it. Barabanov ripping the shot from the right side off the pass from Timo Meyer. This game is going into overtime. Hughes moves into the Sharks' zone. Centering feed for Pedersen blocked by a stick. Canucks keep it in. They have an extra attacker on. Thrown toward the front of it. net. Pedersen was behind the D. Couldn't touch the puck. He got hit hard. It's fed to the slot. They score. Miller gets the game winner. Meyer breaks his stick on the post. This game is over. Vancouver gets two points. The Sharks get one in a delayed penalty. And Miller gets the winner. All right. Good morning, guys. Let's take a look at the standings as we get started on this Friday morning. The Sharks currently sitting at seventh in the Pacific. 48 games played, 49 points, three points back of Vancouver, six points back of Anaheim and L.A., eight points back of Edmonton, 10 back of Vegas, and 13 back of Calgary. What's really, really wild about all this is the Sharks are currently mired in their longest streak this year without a win. It's five straight now. Uh, They have not been playing great hockey as of late, and they are still just one hot streak away from maybe being in third or second in the division, maybe even first. I mean, what, if the Sharks won like six or seven in a row, which is definitely possible, they could easily thrust themselves right back into the equation. Hell, if they only won like three or four or five games in a row, they would be right back there in the equation of what's going on here for the top of things. So, you know, as much as it's been frustrating as of late, um, I am looking at the Sharks as being still very much in the thick of things, even though this is a little scary right now, the fact that they are having this slide, even though three of these games uh, have had overtime losses in them, they are gaining points. But, you know, at some point you need to get wins. You know, that's obviously critical. You're not going to advance into the postseason if you don't get wins. You're not going to continue your vein of being a better team without some wins. And you've had two games that were at home that you could not get wins. And so the Sharks right now, seventh in the wild card standings. Uh, they are currently uh, three back, or excuse me, six back of the uh, final wild card spot in the West. So again, the Sharks are really just a hot streak away from being right in the thick of things in the wild card de- uh, department as well. So we got to, you know, we got to see what happens. But I've, I've come up with a great strategy. I've come up with a, a brilliant game plan for how I think the Sharks uh, can not only win last night's game, but also uh, the game before it and some other games that we've seen over the course of the year. It is uh, not spotting the other team a two-goal lead in the first period. 
Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. It's crazy. Stay with me. I've done the math. If you don't fall behind to nothing, and then you actually put the goals that you score while you are behind two nothing, you actually end up with the lead if you take those two goals off the board. Yeah, I, I know. It's absolutely wild to think of it this way. And I, you know, I'm gonna make some calls. I'm going to see who I can, uh, you know, talk to in the hockey about this because I, I think it's a breakthrough. And, uh, and I'm obviously joking, but man, it is frustrating to watch the exact same scenario play out from one game to the next, just to see the exact same thing happen where you're like, I, I saw this. I literally watched this happen on Monday and I feel like I'm watching the exact same thing happen again. The, the difference last night was that the Sharks had a much better pushback and were able to get themselves back into the game. And, you know, honestly, that second period when they were down 2 nothing, all I could really think to myself was, you know, they need to get a goal here and they need to get themselves back into this game. And, you know, in the midst of that, you know, mini slide that they're on right now, I said, if this ends up being just a straight loss, this has a chance of snowballing. And credit to the Sharks for getting that goal. And then, you know, Vancouver scored again. It went from 2-1 to 3-1, but they were able to get another goal and make it a one-goal game at that point. And, you know, it was, it was huge. I mean, that was a big, big moment for the San Jose Sharks. And, you know, I, I know that people are thinking, well, you know, they didn't win last night, but I'm sorry, at this point, you need every point you can get. And even though they aren't winning games, they're still managing to eke out some points in the midst of this, which to me is... Uh, is the difference between this being a very, very depressing point of the season and right now being a point of the season where we think, okay, you know, they're not doing what we need them to do, but at the same time, they are still garnering some points. So it's not ideal. Obviously, this is not what you wanted to be seeing from the Sharks, but at the same time, they also are at least getting points. They're at least getting something out of this. And at this point, that's that's better than nothing. And I know that might be a low bar to clear, but honestly, I do believe that. I think the... the you know, if they were just getting losses straight up five in a row, we would be feeling much, much different about this team. And hopefully they can get on track and make something happen. Obviously, they have a big, big game coming up on Sunday against Vegas. And while I don't think this has been by any means an extraordinary stretch of hockey for the San Jose Sharks, I also acknowledge that it could be a lot worse. And I think that one of the encouraging things out of last night was that you saw Timo Meyer get rolling again. And I know that he in the post game was not really too fired up about his own personal statistics. He obviously wants to get wins, uh, but you saw Timo scoring and you also saw the power play looking much, much better. And to me, that is, you know, just so critical for what the sharks need to do. And, you know, it's something I talked about in the last morning tide is that if you give yourself that special teams advantage, shocker, you're going to put yourself in a very, very good position to win. You're going to give yourself that opportunity to get goals and have more of a chance to be in the game. And with those two goals that they did score on the power play last night, lo and behold, they were able to get themselves a win. And I don't think this is any sort of groundbreaking achievement on my side, but you know, much in the same way that I figured out that not spotting the opposition two-goal lead will help you win I've also discovered that power play goals will go a long way in helping you get a win, especially keeping yourself in a game when you've already fallen behind 2-0 early. You know, that's that's a trend that's got to end for the San Jose Sharks. And, you know, all this year, if I, for the most part, have looked at any one factor that has been the determining one for the San Jose Sharks, it's their start. If the Sharks have a good start, it feels like they're going to win the game. If the Sharks do not have a good start, well, yes, sometimes you are going to get a Tomas Hurdle natural hat trick in the third period and overtime to win it, but most of the time they're going to lose. 
and it seems like it's relatively obvious that if you have a good start, you're going to get a win. But I mean, I think with the Sharks, it is more and more indicative of them being not the offensive power that can come from behind and try and swing the entire momentum of the game. I mean, I looked at many, many games this year of where the Sharks have had a good start as opposed to having a rough start, and they're a front-running team. And I think that's due to the fact that they're just not a super talented team. You know, the, the previous Sharks of a, you know half a decade ago, if they were behind, they had any number of players who could get them back into that game. And right now, this team does not have the depth of talent to do that. And that's what's frustrating. It is obvious. It is very clear to see. I'm not, you know, again, I'm joking about breaking any ground on this, but, you know, they need to have a good start. And I think that that has got to be the premium. And I'm not saying that Bob Bugner isn't focusing on this, but the players have got to come out with a little bit more fire. I remember in the first period, there was one play where the Sharks were trying to break out and Brent Burns, instead of making a, a pass, he tried to do you know, a little bit of stick handling to get around one defender and bring it into, you know, the offensive zone and move through the neutral zone. And it was just, you know, it was a bad idea from the start. He got stripped of the puck and then the Sharks had to get back on their heels very quickly and get on defense. And it was like, what are we doing here? What, why, why aren't we just making the simple pass instead of trying to make something happen? And, you know, it's just, it's little things like that. You know, I think that even though last night the Sharks were able to come back and get themselves back into the game, there were still too many times where I saw them trying to make something happen where it also allowed them to not sustain the offensive zone possession, where it allowed them to not really control just overall the flow of things, where they were looking good and then they turned it over and they had to get back on D. And, you know, the, the other thing that it's been frustrating about the Sharks lately is that it feels like they can't keep the four checks sustained. It seems like they are just able to you know, kind of force one guy into a corner who's going to make a pass and the opposition is going to break out and the Sharks are going to be put um, not necessarily in an odd man rush situation, but not a, a situation where their defensive positioning is perfect. And I, you know, I felt there were a couple moments last night where it's like, you gotta, you gotta do more on that, on that four checker. You gotta do something that slows down the opposition a little bit more. Maybe don't commit as many guys down on the four check. If you feel you can't slow them down in the neutral zone the same way. And even though the Sharks did not have, you know, what was needed in terms of a perfect performance against Vancouver last night, they still gave themselves a chance. You know, and that's, I think, why the end was so frustrating. Barbanov's game-tying goal, the buzzer beater, was phenomenal. That was a great play, and I really felt like the Sharks at that point had just stolen the win away from Vancouver, and that was going to be enough of a momentum shift to give themselves the win in overtime. Obviously, was not meant to be, and I think... You know, th this is another time where if fans did not previously appreciate Eric Carlson, I, I hope they appreciate him now because what's the, the big factor between how the Sharks were in overtime earlier this year and how they've been over the last three overtime games they've played in where they've lost? No Eric Carlson. Eric Carlson in three-on-three -three play was phenomenal, and he's not out there for the Sharks right now, and you are definitely missing him, and you are definitely seeing the results of why they're not getting the overtime wins that they maybe did earlier in the year. If the Sharks had three more points, or if they had two more points from getting a couple more overtime wins, we'd probably be looking at something a little bit different in the standings. You'd probably think differently about that road trip. You'd probably think differently about maybe how last night went. And uh, it, it's frustrating. Again, the, the absences that the Sharks have had to deal with have been very frustrating over the course of the year. Obviously, every team has to deal with it, but that doesn't mean it's not frustrating. It doesn't mean I can't look at that game and say, like, man, I wish I had Eric Carlson out there. I feel like if he had been out there on three-on-three -on -three play, the Sharks might have had a better chance of winning.
I also feel that if he had been out there in general, the Sharks would have had a better chance of winning. But, you know, I, I think there's just, there's got to be a lot of frustration on, you know, a lot of the fans' behalf after that game last night. And I can only imagine how it is in sh- inside the Sharks' dressing room. I think that, like, they, they did a lot to get themselves back into that game. They overcame a poor start, which is to be commended. They got themselves back into the game. They forced overtime. But ultimately, it was not enough. And I think that that's why... You know, the Sharks have to recognize what they need to do early in games. And I know it's it's much easier said than done. I don't, I don't deny that for a second, but it does seem like we all can see the problem. And I would hope that they can see it as well and see that they need to do a better job of controlling how the game works out because you're going to continue to have rough results if you fall behind 2 nothing. You're going to continue to have, you know, not ideal game situations where you're behind 2 nothing early because a two-goal lead is hard to come back from. I know we have a saying about it being a dangerous lead, but you know more than anything, that puts you in a position to chase a game, which you don't want to do on the road, and you especially don't want to do at home. You want to be out in front 2 nothing. You want to be out in front and be the front-running, leading team and dictating the pace and tempo and every aspect of the game. And when the Sharks don't do that, they're not nearly the same team in terms of their quality over the course of 60 minutes of hockey. So I don't know, guys, I'm, I'm very much of two minds this morning. On the one hand, it's just the complete frustration that the Sharks are not doing more to put themselves in a winning position. And you kind of feel like an effort like last night where you get two goals from Timo Meyer, you get a really nice goal from Logan Couture, you get what could have been a momentum swinging goal from Barbanov, and it just doesn't add up to a win. You only get a point out of it. You're happy with the point, obviously. Not going to contend otherwise but you do feel like you needed two points out of that one. And now you've got, you know, a potential of four points out of these first two games on this, um, you know, home heavy stretch of scheduling and you weren't able to get the win. And, you know, it's, it's not going to be easy. I mean, you have Vegas on Sunday, you have Anaheim on Tuesday, then you're home against the Islanders home against Boston. And then you have Seattle the following night of a home back to back. And, you know, we haven't had success against Seattle this year. So, this is a really interesting stretch for the Sharks right now. And, you know, I have to I have to admit, I am I am concerned. I mean, this is a very, very tough bit of scheduling. Even though it is home heavy, they have not won these first two games of which I considered winnable to allow them to absorb what I predicted would be a tough chance against Vegas. And then we haven't seen them play against Anaheim this year, even though Anaheim's having a better year. I feel like they are, you know, a little bit more coming back to earth than they were earlier in the season. So, you know, I, I looked at wins against Edmonton, Vancouver, the Islanders, Seattle, as well as a decent chance of winning against Boston. And then these two games against Vegas and Anaheim were going to be the, the real question marks. And now you've gone ahead and lost these first two games. So it puts even more pressure on these next five games. I, I fully concede that anything could happen over the course of these next five games, but they're certainly going to need to do more than spot the opposition two goals at the start of every game. And I mean, I hate to hammer that point home, but it is, it's just so glaringly obvious. You know, you just look at that and you think to yourself, you've got to put forth a better effort, a better start than this, because, you know, you see Timo Meyer do his thing. You see Logan Couture, you see all these aspects of what the Sharks do well, but it just is too little too late. It feels like. And I'm sure that I'm not the only one that feels like this. I'm sure there is growing frustration for Logan Couture. I'm sure there is growing frustration for Brent Burns, for Bob Bugner, for everyone involved with this right now. Because the Sharks, again, you know, even in that 3-0 loss to Edmonton, it was not like they played horribly or anything. They gave themselves what should have been a winnable situation and only giving up two goals heading into the third period. The problem was their offense wasn't clicking at all. And then you look at last night's game when the offense did have success, but... 
it was in the vein of being down to nothing initially. And these are mistakes that the Sharks cannot afford to make. They're not good enough to consistently come back from situations like this. You know, they're not a high enough caliber team to make up for all their mistakes. They need to play much cleaner hockey. And I, I don't think that, you know, they're really that capable of playing that clean of hockey all the time. But you know what you can do? You can get a lead and then your mistakes don't hurt the same way. And I know it's, again, it's very obvious and it was that easy. Everybody would be doing it. But I mean, it's just, it's hard not to p- point out and see these things because you you see the same problems happening over and over with the Sharks. And ultimately, the Sharks are in a situation where they have kept their head above water all year. They have been in the thick of things and they continue to be in the thick of things. But they have, except for the start of the year, which they start off 4-0, They have not been able to surge. They have not been able to thrive. They've not been able to put together a consistent string of games, and it's the inherent inconsistency of the team. It's not like they've put together like six or seven great performances consecutively. They've had good performances followed up by poor performances, followed up by average performances, followed up by, you know, Tomas Hurdle or Timo Meyer going nuclear and doing something incredible, followed up by a couple of bad performances, followed by good, bad, good, bad, back and forth. There has not been a sustained stretch of excellence for this Sharks team, and I'm not sure that there is going to be one, which makes it all the more frustrating because if they could string together four or five wins right now, it would go such a huge way in the standings because it's not like this division is some sort of juggernaut right now. It's the middle of February, and only recently is Calgary, with an eight-game win streak, thrust themselves to the top of the division. And Vegas, you know, they've lost two in a row. They're only 10 points ahead of the Sharks. Again, this is not the world's greatest division. There are teams that are good. I think Calgary's good. I think Vegas is good. I think Edmonton, if they start performing to what we thought they were capable of being all year, I think they have a chance of being better. And they're, you know, with their four-game win streak, they're they've thrust themselves into the top three. And now they're seven, two, and one in their last in their last ten. Like, if the Sharks could do something like that. And I know it's easy to say if they could win, they'd be better. But I mean, seriously, you're looking at teams. Edmonton shot up the standings lately because they're 7-2-1. Same story for Calgary. Whereas lately, you've not seen the same excellence from an Anaheim or, or an L.A. They've been coming back to earth. Both of them 4-4-2 four, four, and two in their last 10. For Anaheim, they've lost three in a row. So again, my point is, is it's not like the Sharks are in any way, shape, or form out of this. They are very much still a part of this divisional race and a part of the wild card race, but they have not been able to put together sustained excellence all year long. Again, a 4-0 start to the year. Other than that, they've not been able to get things rolling in the right direction consistently. It's been 500 hockey and lately sub-500 hockey. You know, this is currently the longest winless stretch of the year now. It's extended to five games, and they're still totally in the thick of things, which makes it, again, all the more frustrating. And that's why I think, you know, I'm having this reaction this morning to last night's game because it was frustrating. You were down to nothing. You get yourself back into it. You send it to overtime with a great buzzer beating goal and you still walk away with just one point. And again, I can only imagine what the frustration levels are for those that are on the ice or part of the coaching staff in the front office. It's just something where you think to yourself, if they could just have that win streak and now would be a great time to start it against again a tough bit of scheduling even if it is home heavy before the end of the month you still have four out of five at home 
against some very good teams and against some not so great teams, but it still feels like a situation where you need to thrive now or else you don't know if or when it's going to come as you get later into the season and you don't have this home heaviest schedule. All right, we're going to take a break, get into some post-game reaction on the other side. You're on Morning Tide. That to-do list you have needs one more thing. Chill. It's an easy thing to do. Just crack open an ice-cold Coors Light and chill. Take the afternoon off and binge watch anything. Go to happy hour and stay for a couple hours. Who's counting anyways? Or hang out with just your dog because you've had enough human interaction this week. Whatever you do, do it with a Coors Light. Mountain cold refreshment made to chill. 2020 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Celebrate responsibly. Welcome back to Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light. Sharks throwing it around the boards. Can they get it back to Meyer? No. Hurdle keeps it along the boards. Myers a left shot, couldn't get it, but Burns holds into the point. Nice job. Gives to Barabona. Brink wide to Hurdle. Over to the right side. Meyer shoots star! Timo Meyer, a beautiful second goal. Tick tac toe from Hurdle and Barabona. And the Sharks have tied the game 3 3. Yeah, I thought that, uh, you know, take last game out of the equation. I thought that, uh, you know, that was a, not a very good game by us. I mean, that's the way we played on the road against some tough teams uh, before their break. And, uh, you know, I thought that I think the shots were something like 24, 25, 10 in the last two periods. I thought we had a lot of good looks. So, yeah, that's our identity. That's how we got to play. And I think if we play like we did the last two periods, we're going to be, uh, um, we're going to get our fair share of points down the stretch. But uh, got to start on time. That is Bob Bugner after last night's overtime loss to Vancouver, pointing out the very obvious of the fact that they did not start on time. And that has been a problem for the Sharks, not just in the last two games, but really over the course of the season. We've seen many, many games where the Sharks simply have been slow out of the gate and they have a deficit to come back from. And they have been, you know, in many games, they've done a good job of getting themselves back into it but it's often been too much. I mean, there have been some games where they've been blown up early by a Boston or a Pittsburgh or a Tampa, but it seems like in a lot of games, they've just you know given up a goal or two early and then have had to fight to get their way back into it and have usually done a decent job of it, but they are a front-running team. I think that you know after 48 games, we can say that very, very clearly. The Sharks with a lead are much better than the Sharks at a one goal and definitely two goal deficit. They're definitely capable of coming back in games. We've seen it happen multiple times over the course of the year, but it's very clear to me early in the games which San Jose Sharks team is going to be out there on the ice and which type of a game it's going to be. When they have the lead early, they have success. When they have a good start, again, they have success. Some teams, you know, they're harder, heavier. They get better as games go on. That's not where the Sharks are right now. The Sharks are a team where if it's evident they're going to have a good game out the gates, it's, it's going to continue that way. Look at that game against Washington, their most recent win. And that was a game where they were hot out the gates. They were the better team. It was very much a momentum win in that they came out with a good start and they let them carry that to a very good finish. I couldn't tell you. I think, you know, I, uh, we've had a lot of practices this week and uh, we worked on some things. I think, uh, um, you know, give a little credit to Vancouver, I think, but... Uh, um, you know, we took two penalties, I think, in the first period. I think that changed the flow of things a little bit. And uh, um, I just, you know, I thought we just, uh, again, we didn't hold on to enough pucks. We didn't win enough battles in the offensive zone. So we were a little bit uh, not spending enough time on possession. But uh, we figured it out, and uh, we talked about it in between the first and second and uh, went back out there. So we had plenty of time. We caught up. We took a lead. Um, or, no, sorry, caught up and had a 3-3 game. I did, I, you know, the fourth goal was just... Uh, 
uh, unfortunate with five minutes to go, but to find a way to, to find a, uh, an extra attacker and get, get a goal with the, whatever it was, a half second to go, that was uh, good perseverance. It was good perseverance. That, again, is part of why it was so frustrating last night to see that work out the way it did. It was like the Sharks overcame the two-goal deficit, were able to tie it and send it to overtime, but still, when all was said and done, were not able to get themselves the win and the two points. And, you know, it's a frustrating consistency we've seen from the Sharks lately where they are simply good enough to get a point but not good enough to get two. I mean, they had two of those games on the road where they had overtime losses. It could have been three, really. And they also had last night's game where you looked at a team where you said to yourself, okay, Vancouver's beatable, but instead they fell behind early and were only able to salvage a point. I'm glad that they are salvaging points for sure, but, you know, it's just, it's, it's getting a little bit frustrating as to why these slow starts are happening and you know this is what Tomas Hurdle had to offer after the overtime loss yeah it's for sure tough you know we always talking about you know started with lead in the Sharks in the Shark tank and and it's always tough you know go behind it you know score first like night but second you know kind of unlucky goal it's it's frustrating you know when, when you think you can't get any luck you know we always try to work so hard but we still get in the game you know and and get the point but you know we we needed to, which is frustrating. And you would again hope that this team does not allow that sense of frustration to build because I think much to the Sharks' credit all year long, backs against the wall, they've come up with really good performances. Right now, I don't think they're in a situation where their backs are up against the wall in the sense that it's do or die, but they need to have a good response on Sunday against Vegas. And you would hope that Sunday will be some sort of an emotional catalyst for this team to really build upon because Vegas is a good team and they are on the verge of getting better. They've got Eichel as part of their lineup now. They are probably, you know, gearing up for what they imagine will be another deep postseason run. And for the Sharks, you know, considering that's been their biggest rival over the last several years, maybe this will be a little bit more of that injection of emotion and necessity for a hot start that maybe they don't feel against a Vancouver or an Edmonton. Now, We could go on and on about the Sharks needing to have the same type of response against Vegas uh, that they should be able to put out against an Edmonton or Vancouver. That's another discussion. But maybe this can be sort of that game where they have to kind of put up or shut up. You know, right now it's not do or die, but it does feel a little bit more dire. It does feel a little bit more like the Sharks need to have themselves a moment and need to have another signature win. And I feel that over the course of the year, whether it was that come from behind game one win against Winnipeg or the October 30th COVID shortened game against Winnipeg or, you know, any number of high quality road wins they have had, you know, it's time for them to have another one of those moments. It's time to have, you know, that circle the wagons, bring things together and come out with a high caliber performance because again if you're able to get points against divisional teams they've had two straight losses or over a loss and an overtime loss to preface it properly against divisional teams now you got Vegas coming up then you got another divisional opponent at Anaheim they need this emotional response against Vegas as much as they've needed anything all year and then the idea of having momentum from a big win against Vegas and taking that into Anaheim again would go a long long way against an Anaheim team that's maybe coming a bit back down to earth and i think that if you honestly want to start talking about what's been happening over the course of you know recent timelines it's that you know the sharks have regressed to maybe some of the expectations teams have had about them and we've seen Anaheim and LA not being as good as they were earlier in the year but you know now we can see are those trends going to continue Who's going to prove that it was a fluke? Is it going to be the Sharks? 
Is it going to be Anaheim? Is it going to be LA? Because at the start of the year, everybody that we talked to said Anaheim, LA, and San Jose were going to be the three bottom teams of the division. Well, Seattle has proven themselves to be at the bottom for you know the majority of the season, and they could have a correction by all uh, accounts. That's still definitely in the cards, but you know, again, you, you look for moments in a season that you can point to and you can say, this is where things change. And I think the Sharks have had a number of moments of where they've helped establish their identity, but now this has to be a, this is where it changes. This is where they start to thrive as opposed to survive. Cause I feel like the theme for the Sharks for so much of the season has been survival and not that there's anything wrong with that. Surviving is of the utmost importance. They've kept themselves in the hunt They've kept themselves in the chase, but now it's a matter of needing to get out there and have a high caliber performance against a high caliber team like Vegas when you're going to have a little bit more juice in the building, when you're going to have a little bit more emotional resolve against a rival and a former coach, and there's a lot going into that game. And again, I would look at this one as to where the Sharks would need to have that big-time emotional response that's going to allow them to have a great start, not fall behind 2-0, and not put themselves behind the eight ball you know, early in the first period or just early overall in the game. Easier said than done, of course, but if you can't get that type of an emotional reaction against Vegas, when, where, how, you know, is all that going to occur? Those, those are the questions we have with the Sharks right now, and this is looking like a moment in which they've had some tough losses, of which they have had some tough overtime losses, and it's all led up to a five-game winless streak that needs to end much, much sooner rather than later. So we will see if Sunday is the moment where the Sharks do begin to thrive because you need to do it sooner rather than later. All right, that wraps it up for this edition of Morning Tide. Of course, be sure to join me on Sunday afternoon and really right about noon as we will get going with uh, the buildup as well as Dan Rusinowski's Teal Report. We'll get you ready for all things San Jose as they get ready for what I am calling one of the biggest games of the year going into this game against Vegas. You know, I looked at these games against Edmonton and Vancouver. The Sharks did not have the response that I felt they needed, so that puts that much more of a bullseye on Sunday's game against Vegas. Five o'clock start, a little bit earlier. We'll see if that helps change up some of the Sharks' struggles they've had as of late early in games. I will see you all Sunday afternoon at the Tank for the San Jose Sharks. I'm Ted Ramey, signing off. You've been listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light on the Sharks Audio Network.